Hi, and welcome back to Reflect Forward. I'm your host, Carrie Siggins, and I am so glad you are here today. Today, we are going to talk about the power of the ownership mindset. As you know, my new book, The Ownership Mindset, a handbook for transforming your life and leadership is getting ready to launch here very, very soon. And I've been getting a lot of questions about why did you write the book and what is the ownership mindset? And so I thought that this would be a fun podcast right before launch to talk about that. So the ownership mindset is simply how you choose to show up with personal responsibility in your life. It is this idea that I am responsible for everything that happens to me. And it starts with self-leadership. How do you lead yourself? How are you showing up? How do you take responsibility, hold yourself accountable? How do you get your mindset right, especially when you're facing adversity? How do you give and receive feedback? It's really the concept of self-leadership, quite frankly. And to lead yourself well, you need to be really aware of how you're showing up and be working on yourself. And that is what owning it is. In the context of the workplace, the ownership mindset is this mindset of, I'm going to treat my job and this company as if I owned it. I will make decisions not through the lens of spending other people's money, but spend it as if it were my own. I will speak up with ideas and my opinion. I will work really hard to make sure that our customers are taken care of. I will be a great teammate so that everybody knows that they can rely on me to do a good job and to keep projects moving forward and to keep things fun and light and improve the culture. That is a powerful way to think. It's really the mindset of being committed to performing really well for taking care of your customers and for actively looking for opportunities to go above and beyond, to grow, to be the best version of yourself. And every day we can choose to own it or not. And life is so much more enriching, I have found, when you choose to own it. And I know this because I did not have the ownership mindset before I came to Stone Age all of those years ago. In fact, the big reason why my life spiraled was because I was miserable at work. I didn't like my job. I didn't like my boss. And it contributed to issues that I was already having in my life and dealing with insecurity and unhappiness and lots of other things. But the fact that I blamed my boss and my company for being so miserable, it really led me to oh, not really own it, to blame and deflect and self-medicate with substances to try to not really look within to say, what am I doing? Am I doing things that could make it better? Or am I a part of the problem? How do I give feedback to my boss? How do I just step up and say, you know what? This isn't the right place for me. How can I exit the company? All of that seemed way too hard. It was just way easier, at least I thought at the time, to be in this victim mentality of it's somebody else's fault and I'm stuck. I can't quit my job because I don't have another one. And if I don't have a job, I can't pay my bills. And that spiral of blaming and excuses of why I just didn't step up and take ownership of my life before I hit rock bottom. And that's why I wrote this book is because when I came to Stone Age and I was treated with respect and trust and I got to really feel like I belonged within the culture and our team worked together so well, it was the most rewarding feeling. And even more so, John Wolgamot, who is one of our co-founders at Stone Age, who was my boss at the time, 
really did teach me to think and act like an owner, not intentionally, but more through wanting to make sure that I was going to be successful so that he could go do the things that he wanted to do in his life. And so he would say things like, I don't know, what do you think? When I would come in and ask his opinion on something or when I wanted to make a decision, he would say, I trust you, go make that decision. Come back to me and tell me what happens. Or when I would make a mistake, he would say, okay, what are you going to do to fix it? And how are you going to learn from this? And that autonomy and that trust that he gave me, even though it was not always easy, and sometimes I felt overwhelmed and intimidated by having to lean into figuring out how to be a leader, it made me never think about my paycheck. It made me so engaged in my work. And pretty soon I found that I was just owning it. I was leaning into this idea that I have the power to create the outcomes I want at work. And I can raise my hand and say, yes, I'll take that on. And I can say, ooh, I made a mistake. Let's figure out how to fix this. And can you give me some feedback? And it was really empowering. And it wasn't only empowering because John empowered me, but I empowered myself. When I was named CEO three years after starting at Stone Age, and I looked at why I was so happy, why I loved my job so much, and how I could make this jump from director of operations to general manager to CEO in a short period of time at such a young age, I realized it was this whole idea of owning it. And I truly did own it. And it made me love my job. It made me engaged in my job. And I wanted every single one of my employees to be able to feel that same thing. That's why we set out on this mission to create the own it mindset, which is our set of values at Stone Age and behavioral attributes that make you successful at Stone Age. And it's why I wrote the book, because I've seen the power of it. When people feel like they have autonomy, when they have opportunities to grow, when they are trusted by their leaders, when they get to speak up and share their ideas and be part of the vision, it is a really powerful culture. It's a really powerful way to work. And I wanted to be able to create something, a handbook, so to speak, for other leaders to be able to consider ways to lead themselves with an ownership mindset and lead their teams and teaching them how to embrace the ownership mindset. So that's why I wrote the book and that's where it all comes from. And I really hope that other leaders can find it useful on their own journeys of figuring this all out because leading is hard. It's really, really tough right now with all the uncertainty and changes that have taken place since COVID and continuing to rapidly change due to technology and all kinds of things that this idea of owning it is really important. I'm often asked about the results of the ownership mindset within organizations. And I like this question because results matter. You can do all of this work to build this great culture, but if it doesn't get results, then what's the point? And a lot of leaders are very results-oriented and in fact, put culture to the wayside because that's the touchy-feely HR stuff. We're here to drive revenue, cut costs, go after new markets, disrupt our industry. In my opinion, they go hand in hand to building a really strong, lasting, and successful company. And there's a lot of research out there to support this. So I'm going to give you a couple of statistics that can help maybe 
convince you that putting all this effort into your culture really matters. So a survey by Gallup found that companies with really high employee engagement, which is a key component of the ownership mindset, a key result of the ownership mindset as well, experience 17% higher productivity and 21% greater profitability. Those numbers are really important. I also recently read a statistic that says the U.S. loses $550 billion annually due to lost productivity, which is due to lack of engagement and turnover and things like that. Those numbers are staggering. If we could get that back into our businesses, imagine how much more successful we can be. And so 17% higher productivity and 20% greater profitability than your competitors or similar companies out there. That's significant. That is a real difference within your organization. I have absolutely found this to be true. Stone Age is a very profitable company, and I believe it is because we truly do more with less, not because we tell people you just need to do more with less, right? Even though we do run the company very tightly, it is because people are really productive and they're productive because they like their work. They're engaged in their work they find meaning in it because they own it. They own part of the company because we're employee owned. And I think that it absolutely translates into greater profits than industry peers. I know that for a fact. Another interesting statistic comes from the Society of Human Resources Management, which is Charm. And they say that companies that have higher engagement and give their employees more autonomy, which is part of this whole ownership mindset, experience 25% lower turnover rates. This is significant. It costs so much to replace employees. And in our industry, especially in the contracting side of things, industrial cleaning contractors have ridiculously high turnover. And it's really difficult on all of us in the industry because we're doing important but dangerous work keeping all of the industrial manufacturing facilities that make all the things that we use every day clean. It's important, but we lose so much productivity and knowledge when people are turning over and people leave companies when they don't feel like they're invested in them, when they don't have opportunities to grow, when they just feel like they're a number, when they're doing dangerous work, but not being compensated for it or appreciated for it. And when you cultivate the ownership mindset within your organization, you can really reduce turnover. And so it's important. And I think these statistics are very helpful to hopefully inspire managers and leaders and CEOs to do the hard work of shifting their cultures towards this idea of thinking and acting like an owner, using benefits and compensation to encourage ownership thinking and giving employees trust and autonomy and opportunities to grow within your organization. Okay, so I want to give you a couple of tips on how to cultivate the ownership mindset within your team or organization. And these are just a few. There's many, many more. Read the book and you'll get all kinds of tips. But these are my kind of five ones where you can get started, even if you do not work or have an employee-owned company. The first one is lead by example. You have to own it if you want your employees to own it. You have to show up every day with accountability, with the passion for the mission and vision, by working hard, by setting a compelling example for your team. And this does matter. According to the Harvard Business Review, nearly 64% of employees are inspired to embrace ownership thinking when their leaders model the behavior consistently. That's really important. 
we as leaders set the tone and people follow our lead. And so if we don't own it and embrace the ownership mindset, then our employees won't. Never underestimate the power of your words and your mindset. They matter. Number two, set clear goals and give autonomy. Most of us don't just want to be told what to do. Most of us want to be able to do work in our own way. And if you have people who just want to be told what to do, either help them figure out how to embrace taking the initiative to take a little bit of a risk and try something or exit them from your company because you need people who want to do more, who want to figure things out for themselves, who appreciate autonomy. So how do you do this in a way where you can feel like you can relinquish a little bit of control? Well, set clear goals, paint what success looks like. Here are the expectations and then allow your employees to take ownership of their work. When employees have autonomy and decision-making authority in their roles, they feel a stronger sense of responsibility to their team, to their customer, to their performance, to their actions and their outcomes. This is a really important aspect of teaching people how to think and act like owners. You can't do it if you don't set clear goals and expectations and give them autonomy to get their job done. Number three, recognize, 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 reward, reward, reward. Recognizing employees who go above and beyond or who do a really great job or who exhibit the ownership mindset, who exhibit great teamwork, it inspires them to give more. When people hear you say, yes, do more of that, they feel motivated to do more of that. In fact, positive feedback is so much more powerful than constructive. Constructive feedback is very important, but your employees will flourish so much more if you tell them, great job. In fact, according to a survey by Global Force, 78% of the employees who were surveyed said that when they were recognized for a job well done, that they felt a stronger sense of ownership and commitment to their organization. As leaders, that's what we want, right? We want people to feel committed and loyal and happy to work for us. And you do that by giving recognitions and rewards. Number four, Promote a learning culture. This is really important. Having employees who have a growth mindset who want to learn, it's a really important aspect of your success. And you can help people cultivate their growth mindset when you give them opportunities to grow and learn. And this can come in all different kinds of forms. It can be in trainings. It can be in workshops. It can be in mentorship. It can be in well-defined career development plans. It can be in giving stretch goals or new projects to take on. When people feel like they have the opportunity to grow and stretch, it will help them enjoy and appreciate their jobs more. When we get bored in our jobs, that's when we start to get disengaged. When we feel like our companies aren't invested in our growth and our success, we start to disengage. So it's really important to have a culture where learning is continuous and you're constantly stretching yourself as an organization to learn more. Something simple that I do my executive management team and I read a couple of books a year together and we talk about it and we, we figure out is there ways that we can implement some of the things that we learn into our culture, into our business processes and practices. And I think reading is seriously just one of the best, most amazing things about being human. And not everybody likes to read. So thank God for Audible and audiobooks, but it really does help us have this commitment to shared learning, even if people aren't avid readers. You can read a couple of books a year and talk about it and implement them within your organization. 
And then finally, number five, encourage open communication and transparency. This really matters. Breakdowns of communication, poor communication, cause most of the problems in the workplace. And when you have an ownership mindset, you care about communicating often and clearly. You care about being transparent about what's going on. When your employees are informed about the company vision, mission, strategy, challenges, wins, the progress that you're making, and even better, when they have a say in it, it creates more engagement and more ownership in the process. So don't be afraid to be transparent with your employees. Work on internal communication. And it is always a problem in all organizations. It's really tough to communicate to every single person to make sure that they're getting all the information that they need. But it's a very worthy goal and very worthy of putting time and effort into figuring out better communication protocols and processes so that people feel like they are in the know. No one likes being in the dark when you're in the dark and not knowing what's going on. It's easy to point fingers, blame, and disengage. I have truly found that embracing the ownership mindset is absolutely transformative. It changed my entire life. Not only did it help me crawl out of the huge hole I dug when I hit rock bottom for myself, it propelled me towards success. It propelled Stone Age towards success. Our empowered team owns it and they take responsibility for taking care of each other and our customers. It adds to our creativity and it drives innovation. It really is a powerful mindset. When you own everything that happens in your life, in your leadership, in your team, you are empowered to change anything. Does not mean it's easy. It's never easy. It always takes work, but it is such a worthy endeavor. It will change your organization. Now, I've been doing this for 17 years, and every year it just keeps getting better. And it didn't happen like that. It took a deep commitment to always work on it. And it's what has allowed us to create what we have now, which is a really great culture. Stone Age is a great place to work and we are not perfect. We have problems just like every company. But I will tell you, when you have employees who think and act like owners, it makes a difference. It doesn't mean that you have to be an employee-owned company to make this happen because let's face it, ownership is a mindset. We have all kinds of things that we own that we don't care about that we don't treat with respect and love and care and nurturing, even though we own it. And we can have all kinds of things in our lives that we don't actually own, that we do care tremendously about, and that we do take the time to nurture it and feed it and take care of it and respect it. And so you can create that within your own team, within your own company. This whole idea of owning it is really, really powerful and so worthy of your effort. Okay, so on to my question of the week. It comes from someone on LinkedIn who said, last week a coworker criticized me in a meeting and I felt embarrassed and undermined. How should I handle it? Oh, this happens so often in meetings and it's so easy to take things personally and assume that that person had ill intentions and get upset and that is a way to handle it. I certainly have had that happen before too. So I'm going to give my tips on how to be able to handle it with grace, how to seek to understand and how to model taking feedback really well. My first suggestion is look within. 
is there something that you are doing that was deserving of that type of feedback? Now, criticism, as I talked about in a previous podcast here a few weeks ago, criticism is tough. It feels like someone's like poking at you, but we can easily get defensive and miss valuable feedback when feedback is delivered as criticism. So my first tip to everybody is before you just start defending yourself, look for some truth in it. Is there any truth in this feedback? Was I not showing up in the right way? Did I interrupt? What did I do? Because when you look at yourself first, you can change yourself. When you start going, that person's a jerk. He did this because of that. She is this way. You disempower yourself from really learning from the situation. So look within first. Second thing, in the moment, model how to take feedback well. It can be really easy to get defensive. I know, I understand. Especially when somebody delivers feedback poorly or embarrasses you or puts you on the spot. But if you can say something like this, hey, thanks for pointing that out. You're right. There could be a better way to do it. How about we talk about ways that we can fix this? If you do it that way, you can diffuse the situation. You can take ownership of it and model taking feedback well. Now, I know that that is not easy to do in the moment. But if you can practice that, seeing cool, calm, and collected, I'm not going to take this personally. I'm going to take this feedback and reframe it in a way that helps move things forward. You will be so well-respected on your team. If you get defensive, cross your arms, shut down, push back, blow up, it does not make things better. Freaking out never makes things better. So model what it's like to take feedback well. Reframe the feedback in a way that allows for positive dialogue and positive conversation. Not always easy to do, but something that you should really strive for. After the meeting's over, seek to understand. Really easy to tell ourselves stories about why a person would do that in a meeting, criticize and embarrass you in a meeting, make you feel like you were being undermined in a meeting. But a lot of times our assumptions might not be right. And maybe that person did not even realize what they were doing and how you experienced it. So go seek to understand. After the meeting, go talk to the person and say, hey, you know, in that meeting, I really felt put on the spot. And I was just wondering, what's going on? Is there a way that I can be doing something better, communicating with you more? Can we talk about it? When you seek to understand, it gives you the power of information. And you might be upset with that person. So wait till you're cooled down to have the conversation. The next day might be fine if you can't do it right after the meeting. But seek to understand. Don't tell yourself some big story and let it turn into something that it's not. And even if you do find out that there is an issue, then at least you know what that issue is and you have the ability to fix it. So seek to understand. I also recommend talking to your manager if it is something that's ongoing. Your manager can help you assess the situation. They can give you feedback on, yes, this seems to be a pattern with you, or yes, this seems to be a pattern with this person. But it's always good to get that validation from your manager and just talk about what's going on. But I don't recommend expecting your manager to fix it for you. The best employees don't put their managers in that position. The best employees talk to their managers so they know what's going on and they're not blindsided. And they can say, hey, I need help with this. But, but they take ownership of fixing it, not expecting their managers to go in there and fix it. And then finally, adjust your approach. 
right? There are always things that we can be doing better to work with our colleagues. And the more we understand about our colleagues, the more that we can modify our own style to make it work better. And when I say that, a lot of people are like, I don't want to modify my style. I just want to be who I am. And I get that. Um, I appreciate that. And we all want to feel that way. But we can be so much more effective when we're like, okay, I know that when people do X, Y, Z, it annoys this person. So I'm going to modify my style so that I don't do that so that we can continue to have a productive conversation. That is masterful influence. When you can adjust your style, when you can modify your approach to build a relationship, to keep things moving forward, to keep things positive. It really is a gift to be able to do that. So don't be afraid to modify your approach and to adjust your style to meet the needs of other people, even if they don't explicitly express their needs. And my final piece of advice is don't take it personally. And I know that this is hard. When you feel embarrassed or criticized or put on the spot, it's really hard not to take it personally. Why is this person doing this to me? But what I have learned in my... 17 years of leading is that taking things personally never makes things better for myself. All it does is makes me angry and bitter and resentful and unhappy. When I choose to say, okay, I'm going to find a gift in this. I'm going to use it to build a relationship. I'm going to use it to learn more about myself. I'm going to use it to help another person. I'm going to use it to seek to understand. My life is so much better. It's not about that other person. It's not about the person who embarrassed you or put you on the spot. You are in control of how you decide to handle a situation like this. And if you say, I'm not going to take it personally, I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to understand where it's coming from. I'm going to modify if I need to, but I'm not going to take it personally. Your life will be so much better. Taking things personally means you get upset, angry, resentful, blaming other people. It means you start talking behind people's backs. And that just creates a toxic work environment that might feel good in the moment, but in the long run, it isn't. It's not beneficial to you. I used to take things very personally. When people gave me constructive feedback or put me on the spot, made me feel embarrassed, I definitely wanted to defend myself. And I definitely wanted to point fingers and blame them and find fault with them. And you know what? It made me just really unhappy and it didn't change the situation. And I got some really great advice from a friend who said, when you take things personally, like all it does is just make you, you miserable. It doesn't change anything about that person. And it doesn't give you the ability to change anything because you're being a victim. And I really thought that was powerful. When you take things personally, you put yourself into a victim mentality instead of an empowerment mentality. And you say, I'm not going to take it personally. I'm going to seek to understand. I'm going to modify. I'm going to build a relationship, I'm going to learn more, or I'm just going to let it go. That is what can improve your life. Taking things personally does not. Okay, that is the episode for today. I hope you enjoyed it. My book will be out here shortly. If you are interested in learning more or would like to buy it, you can go to my website or you can go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble and pre-order the book. If it's after October 17th, when you're listening to this, you can just go buy the book. I really appreciate the support. It's been a very fun adventure writing and launching this thing, and I really hope that you enjoy it. Please don't forget to go onto your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to this podcast. You can go to YouTube and subscribe to it. I have full episodes of both my interviews and my advice from a CEO. 
episodes there. Share it with a friend, subscribe to it, rate it, all of those things. And if you like this podcast, please, please, please go to your favorite podcast platform and like it, subscribe to it, share it with a friend. It helps with the algorithms. And I so appreciate your support. Thanks. See you next week.